Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Now, I had heard that word at least ten times a day from my old man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When the moral backbone of your party is a theocratic homunculus... What the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, July 20th, 2016, Escape from America edition of the show, where we talk about the dystopian future of America that Donald Trump has created. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Control-C, Control-V, the answer to all your speechwriting needs. Have you ever found yourself facing a big presentation at work or school and wondering what to say? Control-C, Control-V is there. Why worry about being original when all the best words are out there already? Simply type in a topic into our content aggregator and a worldwide database of all the great speeches automatically generates your speech, talk, presentation, or school topic instantly. No fuss, no worry. Control-C, Control-V, all the best words, none of the work. great city of New York becomes the one maximum security prison for the entire country. A 50-foot containment wall is erected along the New Jersey shoreline, across the Harlem River, and down along the Brooklyn shoreline. It completely surrounds Manhattan Island. All bridges and waterways are mined. The United States police force, like an army, is encamped around the island. There are no guards inside the prison, only prisoners and the worlds they have made. The rules are simple. Once you go in, you don't come out. The Republican National Convention concluded last night with an inflamed orange hemorrhoid tissue angrily pulsing on the stage like the ass of a long-haul trucker whose donut deflated right about the time the meth kicked in. Before we go any further, I'd just like to point out how disturbing it is. It's gonna get so much worse. We talked in depth last week about what the convention was supposed to be and about what it was going to be, and I'm happy to report that it was just a colossal, a clusterfuck, as I predicted. If you were to measure the potential of a candidate by how well their convention went, you could safely assume that a Trump administration would be like a, I don't know, a raging shitter fire inside of a fireworks factory? Bada-boom. Big. Big. Big bada-boom. Big. Bada-big boom. Big. Boom. Yeah, big bada-boom. Bada-boom. Big. Boom. Big bada-boom. 
If the conflagration never rose to the heights of the 68 conventions, the general fuckery on display was pound for pound, some of the most pathetic political theater in American history. To recap just a few of the highlights of the week, beginning with Melania Trump's speech on the first night, where she outright stole material from Michelle Obama's 2008 convention address. And it's not even so much that her speech plagiarized the First Lady, whom Republicans have spent the last years disparaging in every possible way they could get away with, and a few they just couldn't. It's that the campaign first didn't even vet the speech, and then spent Two days lying about the plagiarism happening, including, and as usual, I only wish I were making this up, invoking Twilight Sparkle from My Little Pony. For them. For me. For Equestria. Guess I shouldn't be surprised that RNC spokesmen are brony, but somehow, I still am. Eventually, a Trump Organization staffer fell on her sword and took the hit for all the best words, which is amusing because it violated federal election laws. No word, however, on whether Twilight Sparkle was giving a co-writer's credit. Aside from the flap over Melania's speech, the other speakers at the convention provided some moments of, um, incoherent rage? Tossed like raw red meat straight into the crowd. Rudy, not 11 Giuliani, took stage and apparently... Are you out of your goddamn mind? That's, yeah, he is. He was. He still is. Spewing spittle-flecked invective into the crowd, blaming Obama and Clinton for everything but the fall of man. And trust me, he's got some people working on connecting them to that. He finished up with a snarling warning to America's enemies who could be ISIS, but they could also be just any brown person in general, that we're coming to get them. Chris Christie, who apparently went from potential president to Chrissy the intern, who gets lunches in four short years, apparently decided to hold a witch trial with the delegates of the RNC as the fair and impartial jury. They want a trial or a lynching? Oh, I, I think we know the answer. By the time Christy was done and due to head over to Mickey D's for the Donald's dinner order, the crowd was searching for robes to get their hanging on. Though to be fair, many GOP delegates had their lynching robes handy in case any Black Lives Matters activists showed up. Gumby Dr. Carson... My brain hurts! So does mine, Ben. So does mine. Anyway, Dr. Carson kept the witch trial motif going when he veered off script to infer a legend outright accused Hillary Clinton of being in league with the devil. And possibly she had turned him into a newt. Got better. Actually, in his case, that would be a step up the intellectual ladder. And speaking of slimy and amphibious, the actual Newt Gingrich took the prize for most closely resembling saying when all he did was simply say everyone in America was going to die a horrible death in the fire and pain if we didn't elect Trump. You know, perfectly rational thinking. But for sheer spectacle, for absolute entertainment value supreme, the gold-plated standard of Donald's convention, you could not beat the flesh-like incarnation of the interdimensional evil referring to itself as Ted Cruz. We said his ascension would begin, and friends, it did. He oozed onto the stage and spoke with a thousand voices, calling his children to their feet and forcing them to bow down and submit to his awful presence right up until the time he told them to vote their consciences. I'm sorry, I just started hearing really loud circus music in my head. What did you say? He told them to vote their conscience. He 
fell victim to one of the classic blunders common to most ancient ones, failing to understand that the Republican Party does not possess a conscience and hates to be reminded of this. You cannot tell a group of people who lack empathy, compassion, and decency to exercise emotions they don't possess or they will turn on you. And brother, did they turn on Ted. Security had to escort his wife from the arena. And a big money donor had to be physically restrained from leaping onto Texas's junior senator after the speech. This actually saved the donor's life as the secretions from Ted's flesh are highly toxic to humans not already impregnated with the seed. Oh, dear God, it's growing trigger! I'm gonna miss you, Ted. I'm not gonna lie. The jokes just write themselves. This isn't even touching on the cast of supporting characters, great and small, like Andy Wiss, who turns out to be a fucking businessman from the Bronx. You'd think I would have found that out. He's like five minutes away from me. And they fill the endless hours between Trump children, extolling the virtues of their father. Their father, who has five children from three different marriages. But hey... Republicans' family values voters only care about things like that if the person doing it isn't white. Or, in this case, that disturbing shade of orange. I want an umpa now! The only quote-normal-unquote speech of the entire convention was Mike Pence's. And keep in mind, this is a guy who would literally force gays back into the closet, chain the door shut, and set the house on fire. Mike Pence, who is so conservative, he believes fire to be the province of the priestly class and not to be touched by the unwashed. This was the sane voice of the 2016 Republican National Convention. I weep for the future. Yeah, get in line for your Kleenex partner. But the huge moment, the moment they had all been waiting for happened last night. When the weeping boobo that is the Republican nominee for President of the United States, took the stage to address his adoring minions and accept their accolades and begrudging love. There he stood before the convention as well as a shocked and horrified nation and told them unequivocally that America is no more than a passed-out sorority pledge at a frat party. And if they didn't want and like what was coming to them, they should never have been at the party in the first place. Let's just cut through the bullshit here for a few minutes and talk about the vision of America Donald Trump and the Republican Party are painting. In Trump America, we are a broken, defeated nation at the mercy of our enemies. It's never exactly clear who our enemies might be. Are they ISIS and Islamic terrorists? Could they be raping Mexicans, pouring over our undefended borders like Mongols on crank? Is it the Chinese or buying up the country and exporting it to Beijing one factory at a time like Johnny Cash's Cadillac? I'd get it one piece at a time, and it wouldn't cost me a dime. You'll know it's me when I come through your town. The millennials are going to be Googling that like a motherfucker, aren't they? Were they talking about the Democrats who apparently have formed into some sort of powerful political party that has taken every state house, governorship, Congress, the court, and the presidency and installed Barack Hussein Obama as permanent dictator for life? In Trump's world, America is like John Carpenter's escape from New York, and he seems to think that he's Pliskin. Call me Snake. And he's going to glide into the wreckage of the World Trade Center and blast his way to making America great again. Get a new president. 
We're still at war, Pliskin. We need him alive. I don't give a fuck about your war. Or your president. Early in his speech, Trump says, I have a message for all of you. The crime and violence that today afflicts our nation will soon come to the end. Beginning on January 20th, 2017, safety will be restored. He then spends the next hour and 15 minutes painting a portrait of life in these United States that most definitely would have been rejected by Reader's Digest. Whoa, 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 what are you, Grandpa? Like 120? Sorry, uh, let me update my metaphors. Um, uh, would definitely not be a clickbait listicle on BuzzFeed. The entire message of Trump's speech, and really the whole convention, is not remotely connected to reality, which is not unusual. It's just that the normal message of the party is that America is great and special, and the GOP is going to make it more great and special. This year, America is just a gasp away from being murdered in a trash-filled alley, and 99% of these fuckers in that arena have never seen a trash-filled alley outside of a 70s crime drama. Honestly, what fucking country are these people living in? Because it's not this one. Donald Trump's America is one of desperation, of fear, of hopelessness, and poverty. Well, I'm not going to say that things are not bad for some people in this country. He makes it sound like Mogadishu with Walmarts. He used the term law and order so much, I was expecting Lenny Briscoe to show up drinking coffee out of an amphora cup and make a wisecrack over the corpse of our nation. <laughs> You make me puke, kid. He used it so much, Dick Wolf called up and asked if he needed to borrow the gavel. Apparently, in real America, trademark, millions of illegal immigrants are creeping through the backyards, waiting to rape white mothers who come out to hang the laundry on the line. In real America, terrorists are car bombing East Cross Rock, Kansas, like it was downtown Damascus on half-off Simtex Day at Abdul's House of Explosives and Carnage. In real America, criminals are bludgeoning schoolchildren the second they step off the bus and stealing their Dukes of Hazard lunchboxes and leaving them to bleed out in the streets. In real America, cops are being gunned down like North Korean generals after another failed missile test. What the fuck is going on in real America? Trump walks on stage to the theme from Air Force One and spends the next hour scaring the shit out of Republicans, all of whom are so sheltered in their bubbles of whiteness, the only time they see a brown person is when they drive past the Home Depot. Of course, the speech wasn't really to the GOP convention. It was meant for the broader audience of angry white men who see the, quote, browning of America, unquote, as a direct threat to their delusion of superiority. When Trump talks about law and order, he's saying to them he will bring the fist of law down on the different, the dissenter, the foreign that has taken America away from white men. When we talk about America, making America great again, what we're really talking about is keeping America white. When he talks about America first, he's talking about the same kind of fascist white supremacy that created the actual America First movement in 1940. He doesn't know that, nor do the dupes he calls his base, but those of us who've read a fucking book do know that, and don't worry, they'll be coming for us soon. No, seriously. This is really frightening me. It should be, because the language of despair, of dystopia, is not only false, 
It is absolutely dangerous. The Trump campaign paints an America of division, of hate and fear, and by doing so, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Please do not think I am being hyperbolic, although I'm frequently hyperbolic. But when I say that if Trump wins, the America we live in is fucking doomed. American ass, you've killed us. It's possible he already has. Because now, the hatred, bigotry, misogyny, and fear that Trump so cleverly used to climb to the top is right out there in the open. And when we write the history of the early 21st century, we will look at a failed businessman, reality television star, who parlayed the zeitgeist of our time into a political movement enfranchising the worst elements of our society and prolonging the racist legacy this country was founded upon. He gave a voice to those we had worked 50 years to quash and allowed racism and hate to flourish publicly in a way not seen since the waning days of the civil rights movement and then pushed it towards the days prior to the civil rights movement even happening. Trump's broken America speech is not about America as it is, but it is a speech about what it will be if we allow this dangerous man any closer to real political power. Trump closed his speech with, I am your voice. Not mine, motherfucker. Not mine. Because I live in a city of 8 million people, the most culturally and ethnically diverse city in this country. I live in a neighborhood of predominantly African Americans and Latinos where Spanish is spoken as much as English on the streets. When I walk down the streets, I'm not afraid. Because they're not others, they're my neighbors. My city is one of the safest cities in America. Our murder rate is as low as it has been in decades. Our general crime rating down is down. And while, yeah, we, we've got problems, we have crime, we all coexist in a relatively small geographic area without hatred and for the most part without fear because we all recognize each other as our neighbors, even the really annoying ones who play their music too loud and a apparently microwave fish at 3 a.m. Trump's America doesn't have neighbors. It has ethnic enclaves. It's already got walls because the people who give him their voice don't see neighbors. They only see outsiders. They can't see how the black family is just as poor as they are. In fact, they can't see that they're even poorer. They don't look at the Mexican family who came to America for the same reason their grandparents came a century ago, because they wanted a better life for their children. They only see interlopers who are somehow lazy, and yet at the same time, stealing their jobs. Not really sure how that math works. They can't see for America what it is, a nation of millions of voices saying the same thing in hundreds of different languages. We want to live. We want to be free. We want our children to be happy, and we all just want to play Pokemon Go in peace and harmony. Trump is not my voice and is lying as usual when he says he's the voice of the angry white voter. He's not even the voice of the 1%. The only voice Donald J. Trump speaks with is his own self-interest, and he lies with every breath he takes. You can choose to listen to his voice, the voice of hate and fear and desperation 
and a fucking overwhelming narcissism, or you can listen to the voices of your neighbors and choose to do as, oh my God, I can't believe I actually have to say this. But you can choose to do as Ted Cruz urges you to do. Vote your conscience. Listen to the voice inside of you that chooses the angels of your better nature. Twilight Sparkle taught me that. That is it for our show this week. I was going to do a show about how the new Ghostbusters had ruined my childhood, but then I discovered that what actually ruined my childhood was being an adult. Honestly, I thought this Guns of Navarone set would make me happy, but it didn't. You know what might make me happy? If you were to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher, that's what helps people find the show when they come looking for the drunk rantings of a middle-aged white guy that doesn't hate brown people. And trust me, we're really rare and thus very hard to find. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hell underscore podcast, the show name on Facebook, and of course SoundCloud. All of the episodes are at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, producer Gavin, who is just back from Cleveland where I had sent him to cover the convention. Unfortunately, Gavin is an idiot and wound up in Cleveland, Tennessee, but at least he managed to get to Chattanooga and see Rock City. And of course, all the other fictional people on the show, when we say, take the children and yourself and hide out in the cellar. Because by now, Trump is close at hand. Look, don't believe the church and state and everything they tell you. Believe in us. We're the guys who know the guys who know the band. We'll see you all next week. Oh my God, is next week the DNC convention? Sure, nothing fucked up will happen there. Kings. Podcasts.